Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name's Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And the last time we spoke was on the eve of Mikel Arteta's appointment as the new Arsenal manager. Obviously a lot's happened since then. Jason, how do you feel about the job that he's done so far? I am a fan of Arteta ball, as we like to, to call it. I think what's happened since he's come in has certainly, there's been a lot on the pitch, but I think reading between the lines and off the pitch, the way the club have kind of positioned this is as a massive rebuild. You know, we're bringing a bit of heart and soul into the club again. Um, some young blood who've been there, done that, um, and kind of want us to take us to back where to we, back to where we belong. So they even released a, a promo promo video of him going around the club and and seeing all his old friends and kind of going down and saying, "Listen, we got work to do, guys." And and it, it felt it felt friendly. It felt nice. There was a real feel good, warm factor to it. He said all the right things um, in his in his first press conference. Um, fortunately, got a draw in his first game, and uh, you know. I think it was against Bournemouth, wasn't it? Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's you do what you've got to do. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, we've had more games. We've, you know, we we uh, we lost that Chelsea game. But ever since then, really, we've been, we've been going from strength to strength. You know, um, a good draw against Chelsea in the circumstances. Unfortunate against Sheffield and Palace. Beating United was amazing. Winning in Leeds in the Cup. Apparently, I didn't watch the full game, but apparently we looked so bad compared to Leeds. Um, but I think the most important thing is we're getting results that we would have lost um, under Emery and Lindbergh um, and really Wenger as well. And I think it's just that attitude and desire that's starting to change. So that that passion um, you're starting to see in a few of the players. It's start, the kind of sparkle, it's not as big as a new manager boost I would have liked. The sparkle is slightly... Um, slightly going on players like Ozil and and Pepe and that that that's slightly concerning so early on but we have to look at this season as you know a bit of a a bit of a write-off in a way um it's you know we're, we're 10 points behind Chelsea we're seven points ahead of Bournemouth in 18th and we should be fine um I almost wish retrospectively Arteta had said a little bit more how it is because there were these managers go in and say, we want to take us back to winning leagues and champions leagues and competing. And, and it's not realistic for where this team, this team is in terms of um, as a team structure and in terms of the individual players and, and kind of where the fans um, heads are at. It's obviously what we want, but we need that kind of reassurance and, and transparency that guys, this is, this is the dire situation. If it is in fact dire that we haven't got the money to compete with the big boys. These are the players we've got. And, and this is our strategy going forward. And I think that's that's the key. And we're starting to see already, really, Arteta's leaning towards these young players who've done fantastically. Um, I just worry that the expectations have been set high again and he's only going to, to let people down, um, especially this season. So for me, this Arteta ball and Arteta atmosphere is just it's exciting it's, it feels um a bit dormant at the moment like it like a uh, calm before the storm um but it could be a magical rainbow storm we just need to wait and see i think uh i think it all it's all based on the cups really fa cup would be lovely um europa league would be even better um but in terms of the league just to be honest staying up and and and, and improving is the main goal for this year and um Kind of turning the tide back on you. you know, a few 
iffy results for Jose. Um, if I was a Spurs fan personally, I'd be a little bit concerned about the lack of signings. Um, also, Jose up to his old tricks with the media and um, kind of the internal um, situation with some of his players, allegedly. Um, are you concerned as a Spurs fan of how, how it's all been going, especially in light of yesterday's result against Southampton? I think, to be honest, he's probably doing about as good a job as he can do given the circumstances. I think in a way he got off to too good a start. You said you were a bit disappointed by the new manager bounce with Arteta slightly. I think with Mourinho it was almost the opposite effect where quite quickly through a combination of the results that we got and Chelsea falling apart a bit, we were in a position where we could have got back into the top four about a month ago um, and we blew it by losing that home game to Chelsea and then had quite a, a bad a set of results over the kind of New Year period, losing away at Southampton, drawing away at Norwich. And I think that kind of derailed things slightly. And I think maybe people got their expectations up a bit too high and thought that he'd he'd cracked it and sorted this squad out when actually I think there's still a lot of issues with this squad that need dealing with. And until they are dealt with, I don't think any manager is going to be successful with them. I think obviously, even though we're higher in the league and doing better than you are, I think we've probably looking at it in a similar way in the sense that even though we're still in the in the top four conversation I think it's a write-off really in the league and most fans are probably looking towards the FA Cup or another run in the Champions League to make this season worthwhile and until Jose's had I think a full summer in a pre-season and a transfer window to to bring in some new players and get rid of players who clearly don't want to be there anymore I don't think you can expect this team to be as successful or as good as they were under Pochettino, I think the, the performances and results kind of regressed back to where they were when we sacked Pochettino, because ultimately this group of players at this moment in time aren't good enough. And obviously we've had all the injury issues, Kane out injured now. Lloris has just come back, which is good, but we've had Undombele in and out of the team. Um, obviously Christian Eriksen is now probably leaving, which I think will be quite a good thing because it will finally put that to bed and maybe we can bring in a new player before the end of the window to give everybody else a bounce. I mean, you saw the the boost that uh, Tanganga's given everybody coming in out of nowhere, starting all these games, almost single-handedly sorting our defence out. And I think almost a player like Tanganga, not to put too much pressure on on a young player, but he reminds me of what happened when in Pochettino's first season, when there were established pros who clearly didn't want to be there anymore and the atmosphere had soured a bit and it was clear that a rebuilding job was necessary. He threw in the likes of Kane and Ryan Mason and, Bentaleb and Townsend into the team and it kind of re-energized and revitalized the place and even though only Kane really out of those group of players ended up being essential to the team in the long term it kind of started that rebuilding job similar to what Arteta is doing at Arsenal with those younger players and I think Tanganga could have a similar effect this season that the likes of Kane and Mason had in, in Pochettino's first season so I think to be honest it's very similar to what you said with Arteta and Arsenal. It's a case of looking to the future and just trying to pick out the pieces from this season that's positive that you can then build around next season, like Giovanni Lo Celso, for example, who's been a, a bright spark this season. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but not very confident in this team, just because I think it, it's nowhere near nowhere near good enough. And, and it's funny because after the, the Norwich game, which I went to in midweek, where we won 2-1, but it was so unconvincing. We were played off the park for large majorities of, of, of that game by a team who were bottom of the table. And even though we won and it moved us six points off the top four, I was then looking on my phone at all the fixtures for the rest of the season. 
And to be honest, I, every fixture I looked at, I thought, oh, I don't think we're going to win that one. Oh, I don't think we're going to win that one. I don't think we're going to win that one. And then all of a sudden, I was towards the end of the season. And I was like, right, OK, based on that performance, even though we won, it didn't give me confidence that we're going to win any game between now and to the end of the season, which hopefully, obviously, we will do. But I think it speaks to probably the lack of confidence that there is in the team at the moment, that even when we do get wins, they're quite scrappy and the level of the performance doesn't make you think that we're going to go on the run we'd need to to finish top four. So, yeah, strange sort of mixed feelings, but I think strangely a, a, a very similar outlook to to what you have at Arsenal at the moment. And I think it'd be interesting to see which of us feels more positive at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. There are a couple of things I got out of that, that mentioning the likes of Tanganga, re, reinvigorating the squad a bit, if you like. And, I, I guess it feels a bit like history repeating itself and going round in circles because isn't that what ha- what's happened before and it's culminated in what, quite frankly, became a bit of a mess um, at Spurs, you know, bringing in these young players, not signing established players to take you to that next level. You know, we spoke about it. Getting a signing like Dybala over the line is what's going to take you to the next level. You've you've done that with a Jose. Um, but I wonder, you know, if if we're already looking towards positives for next season. Jose's not that type of manager. He's a here and now kind of guy. He's he's not the type to stay long term and build a project unless he, he really has changed, which I'm not so sure. Um, and so I guess what I wanted to ask you was in terms of in terms of signings, you know, we're, we're January 26th now. Um, on Friday, the, the transfer window will slam shut. Um, Spurs needed more than just a, a replacement for Harry Kane, who will be happy to sit on the bench um once he's back um a major overhaul is needed at Spurs and I don't know whether that's going to happen now in January because there certainly doesn't from the outside in looking in look like a very solid plan and um I don't know do you, in terms of the ambitions now is it a case of hopefully sneak the top four see what happens in a cup run um or is it does it seem in terms of the, the atmosphere around Spurs I'm kind of back to square one of how it was with Pochettino. Would any top class manager be in there and not be able to take this to the next level based on kind of uh, um, not learning from from the club's mistakes in the past? Well, I think obviously we'll have to see what happens before the window shuts. I think I and, and every other Spurs fan wants us to bring in at the very least a striker who can play until Kane is fit again and who can provide that focal point for our attacking play because we've been sorely missing that since Kane limped off against Southampton. Um, there's been rumours today that we're about to sign Stephen Burwine, if that's how you pronounce his name, from PSG, who looked good in the Champions League last season when I saw him for, for PSV against us. Whether or not that's the type of player we need at the moment, I don't know, but it would be a positive sign. I think he, he's a very promising player. Whether he's what we need, I don't know, we'd find out if and when we sign him. But yeah, we do. We do need signings. We do need to bring in new players. Whether or not that happens, I, I, I'm not incredibly confident based on our, our recent activity mm-hmm. in, in transfer windows. I think a lot of it is dependent on getting rid of players. Obviously, if Ericsson goes, if we finally get rid of Danny Rose, for example, Wanyama, we've got a lot of dead wood in the squad at the moment. And I, I fear that until they're out the door, we're not going to see the new faces come through. But the Celso, if, if we make him a, a permanent signing, if we do bring in a striker before the end of the window. Tanganga, okay, yeah, he's young, unproven, but he does almost feel like a new signing the way he's come in. 
we still got Undembele to really kind of bed into the team. There are, you know, Sessegnon as well. So there are kind of new faces coming through who I think will naturally regenerate the squad. But I agree that we do need to start making perhaps bigger, more statement signings to get to that next level. And, it, and that might be what Jose wants and expects. And if he doesn't get that either in January or over the summer, then maybe we'll start to see this uh, Jose era end even sooner than, than expected. But I think he does also, based on what he's saying publicly, seem aware of the type of club that Tottenham is and the way they do business and, and kind of expects that and, and isn't expecting that he's going to have 300 million or whatever to spend on on loads of players. So he, he seems relatively content with that at the moment, whether he still is in a year's time remains to be seen. Um, but I think in terms of the ambitions for this season, I don't think we will finish top four just because we, we, we don't deserve to, to be honest. Our defence has been nowhere near good enough. We're still in the, the conversation. And to give credit to Jose, we were nowhere near top four when he came in. So the fact that he's got us back into the top four race is, is a credit to him. But even though Chelsea don't look that convincing and neither do Man United, and there's you, you sense there's a window of opportunity there if we can put a consistent run together, I just don't see the consistency there to do that. And I think most fans want us just to go all out for the FA Cup and win some silverware. Because I think if Mourinho can get a trophy in the bag this season, then even if we don't finish top four, it will give everybody optimism that we're heading in the right direction. We'll have finally got that kind of thing off our back of, of not having won a trophy. And he can kind of use that to, to bring players in over the summer. And then actually, who knows, maybe a season out of the Champions League might do us some good in terms of mounting a, a title challenge again, if, if we can make some of those bigger signings over the summer once we've gotten those other players out the door. I suppose that's the a mix between a more realistic dream scenario. Obviously the dream at the start of the season was top four on a trophy, but I think it's probably at best one of the two, probably realistically, neither of them. Um, but to be honest, I think the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United probably deserve top four more than we do. That is music to my ears. <laughs> I, must, I must be honest with you. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's still, on the one hand, it's it's disappointing, obviously, because of where we were last season, Champions League finalists. But we didn't deserve to finish top four in the league last season either. Arsenal should have finished in the top four. You completely bottled it. The only reason we finished fourth was because yourselves and Man United had worse seasons than we did. I mean, we were terrible in the league all the way from January 2019 all the way through. So it, it, the, champion, the run to the Champions League final papered over the cracks. So in a sense, it shouldn't be that surprising that we've we've regressed a bit this season, particularly when you throw in the lack of signings as well. So in a way, the fact that we're still as close to the top four as we are, given everything that's happened, sacking a manager, the stadium move, the lack of signings, all of this, the fact that we're still in the position we are, you can take some positives from. And I think we look in a better state than you do on the pitch, despite our recent results and performances. It's just whether, as you say, whether or not Jose is in it for the long term, if what we're trying to do is build another long term project or whether the money is going to come for the signings to make Jose successful. I think the jury is still very much out on Jose and whether he'll be a success at Tottenham. But I think you can't really judge him on that until next season. I think this season he almost gets a free pass and he's doing the best with what he's got. And I think we probably are doing better than we would be if we still had Pochettino in charge. The big question will be next season. And it may be, as you say, that it, that ends up being determined by by signings over the summer. But we'll have to see. I think ultimately I, I'm going to reserve judgment on Jose until next season, whatever happens this season. 
but best case scenario this season would probably be an FA Cup, which I think is more likely than top four. But who knows? I mean, if we pull a, a rabbit, if Daniel Levy pulls a rabbit out of the hat before January 31st and we bring in some huge signing, top four, I think, is still there for the taking. And maybe after a while, Jose's methods will start to kick in and, and we will put that consistency together. But I just don't trust this team or these players anymore the way I used to. I don't trust Serge Aurier. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't trust this team not to make a mistake. You mentioned the Southampton game in the FA Cup yesterday. I, I did not think we would hold on to a one nil lead because we just cannot keep a clean sheet at the moment and we cannot go a game without making a mistake. And until we, we do that, you can't really expect us to be uh, operating at the level that we were before. And I wonder whether at Arsenal you feel similarly with Arteta that for all the work he might be doing, you've still got the same squad of players making the same mistakes, whether it's David Luiz getting himself sent off or whatever. And so you're still going to have that inconsistency up until that changes. And I wonder, do you think that you'll see the changes in the in the Arsenal squad that need to happen in order for Arteta to be a success? Well, from, from what I've been able to gauge so far, there doesn't seem to be a real strategy again um, with signings. I think we're signing a boy called Mari in the next couple of days from Brazil, used to play for City, centre-back. Great, but where where's he going to fit in? Is he really going to overtake one of David Luiz or Socrates? You know, is what's happened to Chambers and Holding and Mavropanos? I don't I don't quite understand why is Mustafi still still in the squad. So yeah, you're right. I think that there needs to be a massive overhaul at Arsenal. They needed it after Wenger, they didn't do it. Um, they certainly need it after Emery, and they haven't done it yet. Um, I think there'll be and it, and it hasn't really happened in January either. Um, which surprises me. So I think summer's going to be very, very big. Um, I heard rumours that we were going to sign three or four players on loan. Um, now I'm hearing we're going to send our best player, probably Danny Ceballos, back on loan. Um, I've been really concerned about kind of the team balance at the moment, to be honest. Very, very attacking heavy, not much defensive um, focus. You know, Pepe and Ozil, again, they don't look like the players you want in those positions. They, they, they turn up once every six games, contribute and assist, and they're back home again. And and that's frustrating. You've got this emergence now of players like Martinelli who are who are on fire. They look great. They look hungry for it. They're frustrated when they come off, and you want them to be playing. And you might, in ter- if it's a finance thing, you might need to look at the whole package. We know from experience that, you know, putting the best team together in the world by names doesn't necessarily mean chemistry. And, um, that's more like FIFA talk, but you understand what I mean. It's 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 about the the each um, player coming together as a collective to make to put the jigsaw together to to be a winning team. And Liverpool have shown that very effectively, and Leicester City obviously as well um, in a title win and recently. And you start to look at it and you think, well, hold on a sec. If we've got a player in Aubameyang who's you know he's getting older, he will slow down. His pace is his main asset, and you can get recoup your money from it and you have a ready-made replacement in Martinelli, and you can spend that money somewhere else on the pitch where it's more important, I think we need to be looking at the whole package a bit more and balance that team out. Um, I mean, we're not signing a new striker this 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 January. We're not signing a new keeper, even though I'm 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 really not comfortable with the current keeper. Um, the full-backs, I think, are set in stone now, and, and the midfield, somehow Shaq has turned it around, and we've, just because he's kind of kept his head down and not said anything um, and put in a few, a few good tackles for once. Everyone's kind of talking about the second coming of Shaka. And to be honest, 
he's not good enough. He never has been. And I don't believe he ever will be for Arsenal in terms of where we want to go. Um, we're going to have to take that leap of faith at some point and say, sorry, you're not the calibre of player we need to get to that next step. It's time for you to go. And, and a lot of teams have done that. You know, teams that have been promoted from the championship, they say, right, thank you so much. You'll play a part in the Premier League season, but I need someone to keep me up. And you need to look at that. There's no room for this sentimentality anymore um, with some of these these older players at the club as well. Um, you know, you have players like Lacazette who just haven't performed. We know what he's capable of. But again, he might not be an Arteta player. It might just not be working. And you need to look at the greater good. Who can you sign who's going to do the job? Let's be honest. A player like Danny Ings is Premier League proven. He scores goals. He's better option than a lot of the players other teams have in their squads because you don't need to bring in players um, from outside the country right now. You don't need to bring them from from the, the the big boys. You need to look at players in other teams that are effective. You know, it could be anyone. We should have signed Zaha um, this summer. He would have been a smarter option than Pepe. So uh, transfer-wise, I'm very, very, very concerned that they're getting it wrong again. I think it's got something to do with the top level. Um, and, and, you know, Arteta, I can tell he's the type who, seem, who has kind of his, um, his ethics and his morals in check. And if he felt, you know, come summer or after summer, a bit like Jose, that it wasn't going to happen, again, we might see him say, you know what, at City we had a plan. You know, I've, see, I've seen one of the Amazon documentary on City and they, they sat in a trance committee and they really spoke about it and said, right, we're going to need, you know, we've got a player injured for the, for a few months, we need to get someone in. I think it was with Mendy. They identified, they spoke about it. I'm not sure how much, maybe it's just not transparent, but I don't, I don't see it at the moment. That's, that's a real concern as a fan. I mean, Danny Ings, I'd take him at Tottenham right now. I mean, even when I was at the Norwich game the other day, I was saying to my dad, I'd even take Glenn Murray at the moment at Tottenham. Just someone, like you said, a proven Premier League striker who you know is going to get you goals. Because if you have the players as Arsenal do, the creative players who you know are going to create chances, if you, all you need is a striker who knows where the goal is, who can who can put the ball in the net, it might sound a bit simple or, or reductive, but halfway through a season when you're in a difficult spot, it's what you need. And I thought it was interesting as well what you said about Aubameyang and maybe, you know, why not sell him when you've got Martinelli? Because I think as much as Tottenham have suffered from not buying players over the past couple of years, I think we've also suffered something I realised from not selling players. Because before we played Liverpool, everybody was comparing us with Liverpool and saying, you know, it was only two seasons ago that we we were far ahead of Liverpool in a far better position than Liverpool. Same with Arsenal as well. Liverpool yeah. have only really come on in these last couple of seasons. And everybody points to buying Van Dijk and, and, and buying Salah and, and all these signings they made. But what facilitated all of that was selling Coutinho for huge money, which actually was a big gamble. Because at the time, Coutinho was their best player, the heartbeat of everything they did. And all it would have taken is for, for Salah to have not worked out or got injured for that for that all to have fallen apart. But they they could get the big money for Coutinho and they backed themselves to reinvest that in the squad and rejuvenate it. And now look where they are. And I think that, you know, we're going to get, what, 20 million max for Christian Eriksen from Inter Milan. We could have got 150 million for him a couple, if we'd been willing to sell him maybe a couple of seasons ago. Eric Dyer. I remember one summer, we, there was rumours about Man United willing to pay £50 million for Eric Dyer. Now we'd be lucky if, if Newcastle would be willing to pay £5 million for him. Yeah. You know, the guy's completely fallen off a cliff with injuries. And, and it's unfortunate because he was a great play, player in his physical prime. And I, I don't think he's going to get back to that. But if we had sold 
some of our big, you know, not Harry Kane, who we probably would have got the most money for, but yeah. if we'd sold some of our big players for big money, we could have maybe been able to reinvest that and refresh and rejuvenate the squad in a way that we're struggling to do now because the players who we want to sell, we can't get big transfer fees for because they're not the same players anymore, like Ericsson or like Wanyama or Dyer, for instance. But I suppose the, the tricky thing is, is if a couple of seasons ago when we were banging on the door of a title challenge, we had sold someone like Christian Eriksen, we probably would have been accused of a lack of ambition. But maybe that's what you need to do to keep on moving forwards. Be willing to sell your best players when they're at their prime, when you can get the most for them, so you can then reinvest it in the players who are going to be on an upwards trajectory instead of a downwards trajectory. I don't know. There might be a lot of Tottenham fans disagreeing with me listening to this, and I'm sure we all would have had a meltdown if we'd sold Eriksen or Ali or whoever a couple of seasons ago. But if we had and we'd reinvested it, then maybe we wouldn't be in the situation we are now. OK, maybe we wouldn't have got to a Champions League final, but maybe we would be closer to winning the Premier League the way Liverpool are. I don't know. I wonder if you feel similarly at Arsenal as well. I know you sold some of your best players over the years, maybe when you could have kept them for an extra year, such as Van Persie. I guess the difference there was you sold them to a direct Premier League rival. If you can sell them abroad, like uh, Liverpool did with Coutinho, I guess it's different. But I wonder whether with Arsenal as well, you feel that sometimes it's, it's best to, to cash in rather than hold on to an asset for, for longer than you should and see it depreciate in value. And you don't really get anything out of keeping them for longer because they don't propel you to those trophies because they stopped wanting to be there. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think you know pretty quickly nowadays whether a player is going to make the grade or not. I can't remember watching a lot of players at clubs go in and thinking, they're really going to grow and they're going to they're going to um, get into it and they're going to be their star man. You know, the sellers of the world, the Mane's, they they hit the ground running, maybe not to their their heights. Um, but when you see players like Pepe, we've seen it before when they're just, it's just not happening. Fernando Torres at Chelsea, it's it's, it's not happening. Andy Carroll at Liverpool, you know, um, it, it's it's just not working. And I, I just. I'm, it's all about that long term for me as well, you know, saying, OK, what, who, what kind of caliber player do we want at this club? Who represents the club? Um, selling Van Persie, it was the end of his career. You know, he, we should have used that money, even though it wasn't much, and said, right, we're going to build the next um, strike of the generation. It took a while to get that get that in properly. I think they signed Podolski, and it was just all a bit kind of uh, willy-nilly. It wasn't, oh, we've been thinking about this for a while, in case scenario A, B, or C, or C happens as well. So that's... Um, that that's what's really concerning on that part. But I do agree in the fact that a team like Liverpool, they were they were miles behind us. They were not, they were they done what even even worse than what United were. They were they were under Roy and they were bringing in very average um, Premier League players. Um, but they built they you know they had a vision. They brought in the man to deliver that vision. And I was speaking about this with someone yesterday about how they haven't signed the biggest and best. Van Dijk must have cost a lot of money. He's playing for Southampton. You know, if he was that that good, really, why aren't Juventus, Real Madrid and Barca going for him and PSG? He clearly wasn't on that. He's not on that wavelength. He is now. Same as the Salas who had failed at Chelsea. Mane, who was from Southampton again. Firmino, I don't even remember where he came from. Um, you look at their team on paper. Alisson from Roma. I mean, they're not big clubs, big players at the prime of their careers when they sign. So 
something's going right with the transfer recruitment and it shows so much about how your manager is so important and the style of play um, that they bring. That That is their job, to organise players. Football players go onto the pitch to do their job. They develop their skills like individual um, employees. They develop their skills. They can they can go freelance and or they can work in a company and, and, and they improve as a team, but they need someone to orchestrate that. Um, a manager, a director, um, and that's that's why it really depend, depends on that management. And Jurgen Klopp has got it right. Um, it's pretty evident with some of these ex-players when they haven't had huge managerial success that they're just not getting it right. It's not for everyone, and I don't think some uh, people should be afraid um, to back down from that. You know, I know Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is is really under the cost at the moment, and if he falls further down, I mean, again, it was a good result today, but you expect them to beat Tranmere as Man United. Um, but if it just doesn't happen for him, is he going to get back into management? That that would be a concern for me if I if I was him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I would love to see a rebuild of the Liverpool caliber at Arsenal, but I'm sure United would love to see that as well. Um, and it must hurt for Spurs fans to keep seeing, you know, there was an op- there was an opportunity there when Spurs were ahead of the game, and everyone said, "Oh, it's like with Arsenal. We always said, okay, we need one centre back. That's all we need." But we didn't sign the right centre-back. And then we lost a midfielder. Then, OK, we need to sign that midfielder. We signed the midfielder, but we lost another centre-back. And it was this rapid, like, vicious circle. Um, the same old mistakes, not really learning. And um, as a football fan, there's nothing more frustrating than watching it from the outside and thinking, I've seen this before. And it becomes predictable. And that that's what turns fans away from a club. Um, you know, there are fans, for example, of, of Leeds Football Club. They're still there from that time but I'm sure there are a lot of fans who thought you know what I can't I can't deal with this anymore you know all the money and effort and time and resources I'm putting in to my club as a fan a supporter I'm not getting back and I, I felt that quite a bit with Arsenal um, not to say I'm running away too soon um, I would never do that but you know the, the interest levels decrease because you think why should I put my my eggs into your basket, as they would say in Love Island, um, if, if you're not putting your eggs in mine. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually think, again, I was thinking about this the other day and about whether when we were at our peak under Pochettino, whether or not we were a player short and whether we did just need to go out and spend at that moment to to bridge that gap. Again, people making a Liverpool comparison. But actually, I think the what makes it even worse for us is that actually that side that finished second to Chelsea on 86 points was good enough to win a, a premiership. I don't think that team was missing anything. When you look at that first 11 from, from back to front, you know, finished on 86 points, that's more a higher points total than Leicester had the year before when they won the league. That, that group of players were good enough to win the league. And I think what they were missing wasn't one more player or, or one more 50 million right back. I think they just were missing that little bit mentally okay maybe a, a new player could have given them that mental lift but they were good enough to to win a title and I look at last season we got to a Champions League final and that team is good enough to beat Liverpool in a one-off match and it didn't it just it fell short and I don't think it fell short because we weren't spending enough money I think they just fell short because Liverpool were better than them in that game and, and Chelsea happened to be better over the course of a 38 game season the other yeah, that, that that year. But I think 
I don't think they were missing anything on, on the pitch. I think they were probably missing something inside their heads to think they could do it. And what gives me hope about Jose is that if there's any manager who can instill that mentality, then you'd think it would be him. And so that's what is why I'm holding out hope that he can be a success. Because, I mean, ironically, maybe he would have been a better manager for Tottenham a couple of seasons ago. And Pochettino would have been a better manager for Tottenham now, given perhaps the rebuilding job that's necessary. And maybe that's going to be another quirk of fate that we end up cursing our luck as Spurs fans, that actually these things have all come at the wrong time. Because, I mean, that, that team that finished second to Chelsea would have wiped the floor with Leicester the year before. Maybe if Jose had been in charge of Tottenham last season, we would have won the Champions League. And maybe if a fresher, brand new Pochettino, rather than a Pochettino six years in, had been in charge now, we would be seeing more of a, I don't know, coherent, consistent rebuilding job rather than the kind of up and down that we're having with Jose at the moment. But I guess we'll see. And I wonder whether we should make a little bet now as to who do you think is going to last longer, Arteta at Arsenal or Jose at Tottenham? I mean, I'd go for Arteta all the way, not because I'm an Arsenal fan, because I think Jose is more is would be more willing to quit than Arteta to quit Arsenal. And I think they think, okay, worst case scenario, it's not going to happen. It's just not, I'm not even going to accept it's going to happen that we get relegated. They say, well, he's a young manager. He knows the club will take us up. Um, If he wins something, well, clearly he's the best manager. I think Arteta can do no wrong, um, really, unless it became an absolute farce. We were going down, 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 down. Um, I think, I honestly think he can do no wrong. I think as long as he keeps on showing the attitude, there are little improvements, and um, I think the only time it would become an op- uh, an option is is if he was started signing players. It's always these club managers say they don't like to sign players because then it makes them responsible um, for the actions of their team. You know, if they're um, overperforming with with under resources, it just looks good for their um, for their uh, annual review, I guess, as a manager. So, in my opinion, it's Arteta, and I don't know whether you feel the same. I think I do, just because it, it does feel like Arteta feels like more of a long-term appointment than Mourinho, which feels like more of a, a quick fix. And even at places where he's been incredibly successful, he hasn't stuck around for that long. So I guess it would be a test of how much he's he's changed. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at the, the fixture list, and Saturday the 25th of April is when Tottenham will play Arsenal. It'll be Arsenal's first visit, I think, to the new stadium. Unless we, we draw each other in the, the FA Cup or something. Um, obviously, a lot could happen between now and then. That's quite a long way away. But let's say that if if Arsenal and Spurs were going to be playing each other in a week or two weeks' time, based on what Arteta's done so far, what Jose's done so far, how confident would you be going into that game, Arsenal-Spurs, now, given everything that's happened since the, the two... I mean, last time we played, it was Pochettino versus Emery. Now it would be Arteta v. Jose. Would you feel more confident going into that now than you would before? I think it would be as I think I'd have more confidence in the fact that I think it would, I think before it was hopeless. We went in thinking you'd win by a mile. This time, I think it could go either way. You see Spurs turning up on the day, getting absolutely humiliated or it being an absolute mess of a draw where no one can defend. I think that's where our teams are at, at the moment. They're, they're not consistent and they're unpredictable and that that can almost be as worse than if you're losing consistently, because at least you know a change needs to be made. But when you're kind of 
slowly fading out into the abyss and getting very average results um, over an average of all your all your um, games. That that's when it becomes a concern, and that's when the words mediocrity spring to mind. Indeed, it's going yeah. to be fascinating to see where we both end up. And it's live. And it's live. And it's live. Cannon and Cockerel Deadline Day. 